0: Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 389. We've got a great special guest jonathan World's with us he's a wordpress evangelist developer and business he's he's built businesses over a number of years um i haven't got my co-host cindy nicholson she will be coming back next week don't worry folks the intelligent part of this partnership will be returning uh, um, but she's look. she's on half um she's on break with her children and her husband, but she says she will be back next week. So, Jonathan, um, would you like to introduce yourself quickly to the listeners and the viewers? Oh,
0: I think you covered it, man. I'm uh, I'm always excited to talk about WordPress, and um, also I love talking about online communities. Whatever we should cover today, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, so I appreciate the invite. Um, I'll add that I live in uh, one of the most beautiful places in the United States, North Idaho. I've lived all over the place, and uh, it's one of the the big perks of working remotely, right? You can kind of pick where you want to be, and for me and my family, uh, this has been the best. So,
1: yeah, I did actually look up. I uh, never heard of it, and um, you're on a, a lake, and you got the ski resorts as well. You, it seems yeah. you got a lot of um, great countryside and nature around you. So, I'm, I'm, but I live in a quite nice area myself. So. Um, so, folks, what we're going to be discussing in this show, where well, we're going to be touching building community, because if you've got a membership or any kind of website, normally, or especially if you've got a membership site or a learning, or you've got courses or knowledge that you're selling, you 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 are attempting to build a community, and it's one of the methods um, and methodologies that's going to enable you to have a successful online business. But it's bounded around quite a lot, Jonathan. But the nitty gritty of how to do it isn't talked about that coherently, and that's what I was hoping that we were going to achieve in this conversation. And also, we're going to be talking about um, how how to compare the kind of SaaS competition to WordPress, like Kajabi, Thinkific, Teachable, to what the strengths and weaknesses are. Of WordPress, I know I touched that last week a little bit with our guest, um, Lee Blue, but I thought, I was hoping with Jonathan that we were going to have a, a bit of a different view to it. But before we go into the main part of the interview, folks, I want to talk about one of my major sponsors, and that's Kinsta Hosting. And what is Kinsta? Well, Kinsta offers WordPress hosting only, and it uses Google Cloud Hosting as its backbone. But what you get from kinsta is a superb interface and fantastic 24-7 support. And basically, we host the WP Tonic website with them. We've been hosting with them for a couple of years. They've been a sponsor, the major sponsor of the show for a couple of years. And they're just fantastic people to work with. What you get is you get fantastic staging, latest version of PHP that will make your site super quick. And great security, great technical support, and just, in a way, a great community to work with your website, especially if you've got a membership site or WooCommerce and you need something a bit better than just general hosting. So if that sounds interesting they and they are quality partners, go to com and find out more. Right, Jonathan.
0: I just want to add on Kinster real quick. One yep. of the I've loved about them had some good chats with some of their folks. Um, they, they were one of the earlier contributors to the Tide project. Um, it's a project on code quality, et cetera. So they, they dedicated some time and resources from their team to help kind of give some feedback on what we've been doing on the Tide project. So anyway, just echoing that, good people.
1: Yeah, uh, Brian Jackson, their marketing manager. Um, he's a friend of mine, Tom, the financial side um, is a um, a friend? I would say now they just they just seem a, a good team. So, Jonathan, um, community—it's a it's a word bandied around the internet quite generally, um, but the Pacifics aren't talked about. So, if you were start you were attempting to build an online community, where would you start, and what what are some of the things people got to know about? you know, attempting to do that in 2019? So, uh, that's
0: a great question. Um,
1: I think, so the first
0: thing I always start with is who's the audience for this, right? Um we just read Seth Godin. This is marketing recently. I kind of refresh a lot of those thoughts, but it's worth touching on because a lot of us will like nod our heads and like, okay, of course, yes, we need to have a clear audience for this. But I'm like, no, 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 really. You need like, who are if you want to build a community, who is this actually for? Who are the actual people that you're going to build this for? Um, because I, I think if you're not clear on that, like I've had some successes in the past with building communities at different stages in my life for different reasons. And when I look back, a big reason it, it worked when it worked was the audience being super clear. And a lot of people, whether it's their ambition of like, oh, well, it's for everyone or, oh, it's for this or for that. Um, so, yeah, I think the first thing I'm like, all right, if I want to build a community, who's the audience and what problem is this community trying to solve for them?
1: Exactly. Who's, who's, who's going to be your tribe?
0: Exactly. And if you're not clear on who it is and, and what's, the, what's the problem, because I mean, community is cheap, right? Like a community, like saying I'm part of a community is a very cheap thing. It doesn't mean it doesn't hold that much significance anymore. I could join a group on Facebook and say I'm in a community. So there, there has to be a very clear like why. Why am I going to invest any time? Because the reality is most people won't. They'll join the community and invest no time. So are they and they're really not a part of it.
1: So um, you you've you want to build an online business around your experience. You want to do it through information and training, but you know you know you'd be wise to try and build an audience beforehand. It's going to be easier to get that business up and running if you've got an audience for it. How how if you're in those shoes and you have been in those shoes. Um, how would you approach trying to build that pre-launch community?
0: Um, well, I can speak about what I've done. I mean, so one of the things that I, I'm part of is a small community called Creating Clients. It's focused on helping like, new entrepreneurs get their first clients and very kind of web-centric. And what I kick-started that with no pun intended. Kickstarter means a different thing these days. But what I, it was about six years ago, I wrote a free course on how to get your first client. When I wrote that course, I didn't even really have the idea of a community in mind, which is to say, I focused on making it as useful as it could be from the beginning. Like I wanted it to be a complete package. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to make some free content, but we're really going to like only give a little bit and you got to pay to get the rest of it. So I created something that my intention was for it to be useful as a complete unit. Like someone could take this and get a client. And then my idea was that, hey, you got your first client. Awesome. Now, what it evolved to over time is join this community where we're going to help you get the next 10 and kind of grow from there, et cetera.
1: Right. That's a great thing. Um, How would you approach utilizing other platforms like Facebook groups, YouTube? How would you, what would be your strategy utilizing those? It goes
0: back to who the audience is and what problem you're trying to solve, right? Because if you're very clear on those things, like if it turns out a lot of your audience is on Facebook, great. That's fantastic. Facebook group might be the perfect thing. I don't like it, but if that's what my audience finds most effective, that's where I should be. Um, and then the problem that you're trying to solve, it could vary a lot. Like YouTube might be a perfect place to build community around a particular type of problem. Um, but so it's like, so there are so many tools available if you, and you can't possibly, I mean, you could do Someone says, do this, do that. You might get lucky. Like maybe you come up with a good combination, but for me, it's like, if I'm clear on who the audience is, which helps me know where to reach them, where are they? Like, what are those things? And what problem I'm trying to solve, then I can figure out the tools.
1: Yeah, I think, I I think people, if they don't do that that basic um, homework, almost about what is the main problem I'm going to be solving, the main hook, you're going to find it very hard to build any community on these diverse platforms because there's no re, there's no. There's nothing really driving these people to join another Facebook group or join another YouTube channel because yeah. there's hundreds and thousands of these channels, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and, and more all the time. Like, as the barrier of entry in technology drops, it's, it's interesting that there seems to be this correlation of how much we value it as well, right? Because, because, because you know anyone can start it. If people are starting YouTube channels all the time, right? And so we become even more selective as time goes on about which ones we actually engage with.
1: It's um, it's come to mind um, because um, my degree and my MA was in graphic design and interface design. And um, before I got into WordPress and trying to run my own freelance agency, um, I did a lot of graphic design work. And I got basically, Jonathan, I got burnt out and for um, quite a period of time, I do my own stuff, um, but I, I wouldn't do it for clients. I actually um, got other people to do it. Hmm. Uh, yeah. um, I've got back it more back into into graphic design, layout, UX design, and I've joined recently a, about half a dozen YouTube channels where. Um, they've got substantial audiences of almost 100, 150, 250 subscribers. Um, but they're around UX design topics. So it's still possible, isn't it? It, it, it
0: certainly is. And <coughs> one of the things that struck me recently, so, so most of us have smartphones, right? And... It's interesting that like, when you study the history of computers, I mean, it's, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. Like what we have capable in, in these, in our pockets, right? You can do a video, you can create entire businesses. Like you can do all of this stuff on this little device, but what do most of us use it for? Most of us use it for entertainment, just consuming. We don't use it to create, we use it to consume. And, and that's no, there's no, that's all fine what's interesting to me about that is there seems to be this correlation between as things become more accessible for some strange reason, we tend to value them less. Like, so when I think about the web, as an example, you can do just about anything on the web. It's incredible. The resources that are available. And so it seems, and I noticed this, like people don't seem to put the same level of effort as they would into doing like an offline thing. Or if you didn't have the thing, it's like one of the things I love when I talk about SEO is I love talking to people and saying, okay, now what would you do if the search engines didn't exist? Like, how would you get traffic? And then I'm like, if you figure that out, you know, the spoiler that, that usually solved, well, you'd have to get links and you'd have to like have relationships with other properties and like do all this stuff. I'm like, well, tell you what, if you do that, the search engine stuff kind of works itself out.
1: Yeah. And, um, that, that's a actually very insightful i'm very impressed with that jonathan uh Rob, that's quite insightful um because it is a it's a different way of thinking it but it's it's absolutely spot on uh Ramo, i feel it is um so i think we covered because like to actually build a forum in wordpress um or utilize facebook um Groups or a YouTube channel. Like you say, the technology's out there, um, but it's just got a lot more voices. There's a lot more chatter. Yeah. So uh, to recap what we've been saying is to compete against that, you pre-planning, doing things that we've discussed in previous episodes about going on other people's... Um, facebook groups and and being a active member so your name's known on those and also doing the same thing on some of the leading youtube channels that's but also understanding that you're going to have to do something a little bit different and pre-planning what the problem you're going to be the might a subset of your industry. Um, I think one of the um, things, and I just want to see what if you agree before we go to the second half of the show, is the way to counter all these voices and the, the technology getting a lot more easier is what I call, and it's probably, not, isn't a word, is to nicheify. it's is to find a sub-niche in a subject and then trying to provide real insight and knowledge in that niche of a, of, like, if you're just talking about design, unless you're a very well-known designer, but find a, a niche inside a niche. Would you agree with that, Jonathan?
0: I do. Um, I'll, add, I'll add a couple more things here from my experience. So one of the things that I stumbled onto that I, I can't, I don't remember why I did it, but it worked out really well. One of the first communities I formed is over a decade ago was focused on young entrepreneurs. And <clears throat> there were a couple of them at the time, including some that were a lot bigger. But we had um, at our peak about 800 members and we were the most active by far of any of the communities. A lot of engagement, and we did, I think, I think two things. The primary thing we did is we had a barrier of entry. You had to apply to become part of this community. And this application asked to tell us about your ambitions. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, what have you done so far? Et cetera. Um, at the time, we actually had some, like, technical hurdles as well. Like, it was it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was powered by V Bulletin. I made this custom form that would time out if you spent too much time on it. So I had people who spent like an hour writing their application for it to be lost. So the talk about like a technical hurdle that shouldn't have existed. I had I had a few people who did it multiple times. Are,
1: some, are there some of these people still trying to hunt you down, Jonathan?
0: <laughs> well, some of them became really good friends, but uh, But, but so we clearly, we had, that was a bigger barrier than I intended. It's like the harder you work, the less likely it would go through. But the net effect is that they had to apply to get in. Once they got in, we had a process. Everyone had to go and like post a welcome, like a new message. And then we all welcomed. And suddenly you'd have like 20 people engaging with you, welcoming you and asking you about this or that. So barrier of entry. And as you spit pick a specific niche, also think about, okay, what, what, because the barriers are so low, you can stand out by actually having barriers, right? Like uh, whether it's a price, whether it's an application, whether it's invite only, like whatever it is, that's, I think is a pretty big factor. The last thing I'll add when I think about what makes community work these days, I love all the progress we have in automation and all these systems and tools we have to remember that those are designed to facilitate us having more time to spend individually. And so a big focus for me in building community is, okay, how how do you, yeah, use the scale things. That's all great. But how do you make sure that you're connecting directly and personally with the individuals? And that can take a lot of different forms and a lot of different shapes. But that to me is a driving emphasis. Like as I add community, as community grows and some of the ones that I'm a part of, what can I do to make sure that I'm really connecting with the individuals and, and actually growing a relationship because that's what makes communities stick. So
1: that's great. We're gonna go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner.
0: They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages page layouts, widgets, updates and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay, sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast.
1: Coming back. Yeah, I thought it was a great discussion the first half, um, Jonathan, because it's bandied about and basically the dirty part of any kind of membership, um, course space, e-learning um, online business is dropout and to counter dropout is, you know, is to have good content but also build up community. Um, so I thought it was a, a good initial um subject for us to discuss now let's go on because um like i said in the intro i don't think i'm not being satisfied how i've tried to rationalize this myself and i had an attempt with um lee blue a little bit last week and i still don't think and it was nothing to do with lee because he admits it wasn't something that he had thought a lot about um, but I was just seeing if you could help out. Um, you know, and WordPress, you know, I've been part of the WordPress community for over 12 years and I've gone to a lot of WordCamps, a lot of meetups, done a leading podcast, which you're on. Um, but WordPress, you know, so I'm still committed to WordPress, but WordPress in e-commerce, in learning management, in membership, has a lot of competition now. It has a lot of SaaS. Yep. And in the learning management area, there seems, there seems to be two distinct SaaS competitor groupings. There's those that are really aimed at the corporate medium to corporate market that are looking to build training courses um, for yeah. their employees or vendors. And then... There's another side of the learning management that's aimed at either sole entrepreneurs or small groups that are looking for a lot of marketing functionality. So I, I see Kajabi and a couple of others like Teachable and Kajabi aimed at that Pacific market, and there's a little bit of overlap. Um, as well bet- between these kind of c- corporate business and the more marketing focus. And then you have WordPress. So what do you why do you think somebody should be looking at WordPress rather than a, a SaaS um, partner technology um, product?
0: Oh, I, I love this question.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so <clears throat> All right, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pieces to this. I, I think an important foundational piece that is often overlooked. So <clears throat> I think of WordPress as an operating system for the web. That, that's, that's worth kind of touching on and sort of unwrap, unwrapping a little bit first because everything else kind of builds off of that. Um, <clears throat> So without going too deep into that, so, so what does that mean? So like current fact, WordPress powers more than 30% of the web, right? It's not too hard to sort of see that. And if you think about WordPress as a thing to create on, we have operating systems on our phones, but what really makes them and our computers, and then we choose what to do with it. We install software, we install apps, and we make those things what we want them to be. WordPress is an operating system for creating on the web. We install the plugins, that we want to make it what we want it to be, whether it's e-commerce, e learning like whatever the category is, whatever we want, there's sort of that mix. Now, WordPress is interesting for a lot of different reasons. It's open source. It's, we, and we haven't seen, it's, it's a new set of phenomena. It's new territory. Like it, it has an incredible range in the market. There's nothing even close to it, but a lot of people see it as kind of this ragtag, like, old, antiquated, like, oh, there's, there's so many different perceptions on it. But if you accept this idea of WordPress as an operating system and then you think about it to its logical conclusions, look to a future state where it's powering 50% of the web and it's the clear majority in terms of what people are building on, then the question you have to ask yourself is if you're building a business, like at, at this point, who would invest in a different operating system for the phone? You certainly could. Right. But like, I wouldn't, as an investor, I wouldn't be putting my money in someone trying to make a new iOS that wasn't like, like that's not going anywhere. It could, it absolutely can. But it it begs a few things. iOS itself would need to go way downhill and there, there would be need, there probably need to be a paradigm shift in the market for that position to change significantly. So the same with WordPress. Like when I look at these like new investments, like another CMS is not going to overtake WordPress anytime soon in terms of overall market share. And so just because of current state, now WordPress could go downhill and that would have a big impact. And there's some, a lot of people I'm sure you think it is. Um, And it also can get a lot better, which can have a big impact. But if you sort of accept its current momentum alone, like the, if you say, okay, I need to choose an operating system for my web presence. I need to choose an operating system for my e-learning platform. Do I want to make a bet on this small, in comparison, proprietary, like don't know where it's going platform that is closed that like, I, don't, I don't really know about its future? Or do I want to invest in the biggest one? And, oh, by the way, it's free. It's, it is the biggest. It, it's my code. I can do what I want with it. I can get in and out of it, and so from a fundamental and and this as this decision becomes clear, I think we're going to see even more traction. But as I talk to business owners, they sense that they're like, okay, this is nice over here. These features are—it sure is a streamlined integration. People will go and they'll experiment it, and it's like, oh, this is good. But WordPress is theirs. It's not going anywhere. The integrations are there. All right, so let me stop. I'm starting to digress a bit, but like I think that concept of thinking about, okay, I'm going to be building a business here. I'm building something on the web. I need to choose the right operating system for this, out of which everything else we to become, because I'm actually a huge fan of SaaS. I think it's fantastic. My position is that the best SaaS are those that integrate with my WordPress. WordPress is the central hub for all of this. And I'll use the SaaS. I think it's fantastic. It can do things that WordPress can't do, at least today, right? Um and, but I want WordPress to be at the heart of what I'm building. So that SaaS can come and go, WordPress is still going to be here.
1: Yeah, I think you put that really fantastic. And the other thing is kind of that feature, it's integrated, you know, and this isn't a criticism, you know, Kajabi um, and the um, the people behind Kajabi are really fantastic marketers, and they've they've got a storyline, and it's not they're not lying. Um, no. Yeah, they're not misleading. It, it's just it's just that some my experience of complicated SaaS platforms is they're just you have literally as many headaches and frustrations as if you went with a WordPress with, with a good supporting team. What do you think of that statement? So uh,
0: I want to touch on Kajabi for just a moment. I don't know them well. I, I did a little, you'd mentioned them. And so I did a little bit of looking. So they have this delightful post <laughs> from a couple like a couple weeks back. It says, do you use WordPress? 90% of all hacks happen to WordPress sites. Do this or get hacked. And they have this long post about WordPress security. And uh, so it, it's interesting. So first off, it's 90%. Anyway, I don't want to get into the specifics, but the the, net, the point that I want to make is that I don't think this is ill-intended on anyone's part. I talk to a lot of people in SaaS. They don't understand WordPress, what it is, it's how big it is, like how to think about it. And so there's a lot of misinformation. And, and you think about it, it's it's kind of easy to understand why. WordPress is an open source, volunteer-driven project. Like we're trying to grow up a bit, but there's no cohesive messaging. There's not a bunch of money going into like, how we kind of get this out there. So I see a lot of times where people, they just don't get it. Like I read a post like this and it's like, it's basically a, oh, and this is why you should use Kajabi. WordPress is not secure. Use Kajabi. WordPress is not secure. Use Kajabi. SaaS breaches happen all the time.
1: They just don't publicize them,
0: do they? And it's much more devastating than like, there's not going to be a WordPress breach where, like that, that isn't addressed in some way, right? It's in all of our best interest to address it. Anyway, so, but I see that a lot where it's like, these people, these folks mean will mean well, but they're, they don't understand the messaging. They didn't dig into it or, I mean, and it's, I don't criticize a lot of folks. It's not, you have to kind of know the project and I'm hoping to change that over time for us to get better at our messaging. But you have to kind of, you have to know, you have to know how to think about it. And when I talk to people about WordPress as an operating system, they're like oh that makes sense okay now i can kind of think about that yeah yeah well well duh we shouldn't be investing in this we're what, like i'm like do you really want to be in the operating system game like, is that what you are you trying to like create a thing bigger than wordpress and they're like hmm that's a good point maybe they will but you know if you think about it that way it's very different
1: yeah, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Our almost 30 minutes have gone quick, but Jonathan's agreed to stay on. We're going to be talking in the bonus content a recent article that he wrote. It was one of the reasons why I invited Jonathan onto the show because I thought it was an excellent post. Um, and we'll be talking, I call micro plugins, um, Jonathan got a a different terminology which he's going to be telling us about and he's going to be discussing this article but before um, we wrap up i also want to tell us tell you about a a free webinar that me and Cindy's doing on the 25th of this month a thursday at 9 a.m pacific standard time it's going to be the seven things you need to know to build your first online course And me and Cindy are going to be going through those seven things that you need to know. And also, we're going to be available to answer any questions that you've got about building that first online course. And it's free. And all you have to do is go to WP Tonic Stroke Webinar, and you can register for this free webinar. It's going to be about an hour in length. And it's going to be great. So join us next Thursday for that, folks. So, Jonathan, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
0: JonathanWold.com is the best place. Um, I've got links to all the the other things that I do. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, the best way to do it.
1: That was short and sweet. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great guest that's, and we're going to be trying to give you some insights about some of the business challenges and solutions and some of the things that you should be thinking about when you're building that first online course or if you're thinking of building up your business and some of the things that are involved with that we'll be back soon folks see you soon bye
0: thanks for listening to wp tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of wordpress medicine twice a week